everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today, we are continuing where our last episode left off with the second half of our live entrepreneur panel. Like I mentioned before, it is a live recording, so it has some of the quirks that live recordings come with, but please stick it out because the entrepreneurs have more awesome information to share for you that I think will really benefit you in your hunt to start your own business. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Jose. Um, I re- really appreciate you know the insight from the whole panel. Adria, you mentioned uh, uh, finding partners. Have you ever had any trouble with you know business partners, and how do you find someone that complements your skills, but is also willing to work um, or put in the same amount of effort? Okay, so how do you find the right people to partner with? Yeah. Awesome. Great question. Uh, well. It was originally hard for me because as a nurse, we're able to diagnose everybody in this room already. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So um, I look at people who are like-minded. I try to find people who are like-minded, and I watch how people treat other people uh, before I jump into a business relationship with someone. I try to, you know, and sometimes it's a mistake, and then sometimes you just say, okay, i got to walk away from whatever it is that we were going to do. And you have to be okay with that. So for me, is finding those like-minded individuals that are hardworking, they're dedicated, they're a person of their word, um, and they're hard workers, and they want something different other than going to school, no offense because I'm a college, you know, ex-college student too, going to school, getting a job, paying bills, going to work, paying bills, going to work, paying bills. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a circle. So for me, I love networking. I love meeting people. I love getting in people's faces and saying, hey, how you doing? And I don't meet a stranger, but if I meet that person that I'm like, "Mm, we're not going to really hit it off, I'm going to walk away. In terms of partnerships, I partnerships are tricky. Partnerships are really tough. Um, but I think one of the key things to look for is is someone who uh, or someone who have core values um, in terms of um, and 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 maybe to some degree motivations for starting uh, or being in business together. But at the same time, I think it's maybe even more important. Well. I think it's also important to find someone who has strengths that you don't have. Yes. Find people that have things that you don't bring to the table, yes. um, whether it be business partnership or even just growing a team, right? Um, so in my business, I have um, one shop manager who runs the day-to-day shop operations, right? She is organized. She is very uh which one is the less creative side of the brain? Left or right? Okay. Which type A? No, left side of the brain. Oh. Right's so less creative. Left. Left. She's left. I'm right. Right. <laughs> um, but the the way that we work together, it it's just it's like it's magic. Like it, the pistons hit on all cylinders. There's things like day to day. All right, so if you told me, hey, Jonathan, all right, today you're going to go um, work the front desk at the barbershop. It's going to be there all day. You're going to um, manage this spreadsheet. You're going to take care of this payroll, do all that. Those are all things that I could do, and I could, I could 
work it out, we can figure it out. But guess what? It's not my strength, right? And so one of the things that I do, and I'm, uh, I feel like I'm on an ongoing quest to do more of, is to delegate and to find out what, be, become more and more self self aware, so that I can put people in the places to do things really well that I cannot do. I have a shop open. I've got seven seven barbers right now. I'm not a barber. I can't cut hair. I should not be trying to cut hair. That's not a good use of my time, energy, resources. But empowering people who do do that, they do it really well, love it. And on the back end, I do what I do really well. It's a That's where I think um, where magic have you ever had any difficulty delegating, like giving up parts of your responsibility? Yes, I'm still working. I'm still working on that <laughs> in, in, in some way, right? <laughs> um, but um, I've also I've had instances where I'm like, wow, I was doing this, and when I gave it up, one, um, it frees up my time to do the next thing, work on the next thing. Um, but uh, it also again, empower someone else to do something that they do love and do enjoy it and to do it really well and better than I ever could. Um, and like he said, I, I think it really comes down to when you're picking the partner having someone who compliments you, you also have to know your own strengths and weaknesses yeah. before you can do that. So really learning how to be a little, as objective as you possibly can about yourself is really important. Then I wanted to say on a side note, and it's not, it's more of a statement than it is like a opinion this is a little more arts related and maybe you've run in this to this Stephen um, when picking a business partner in, in an arts related um, field things get really tricky because the let's say the product or the service you're creating is so wrapped up in their identity as an artist and there's another level of threat that kind of gets paired onto that um, and all of and this is a problem that I have. I get very nervous to bring other people into it so far because of that kind of competitive nature that can happen with, with, with artists and musicians. Right now, I've been doing stuff just with, within my family, right? I mean, I hope they won't leave me. You know what I mean? Like, we keep each other accountable and we, we're of the same mind because we're of the same family. Um, but I've seen with some of my friends and peers who have started some arts-related businesses, that always becomes an issue, especially because... A lot of the people you end up partnering with are other artists who think like you. However, they might not have the same kind of business mind, or they might be a friend, and your friend, your best friend, is not always the right choice. No. Um, and so I found that when I'm looking to reach out to other people, I actually look for people who I'm not necessarily, I'm more professional with than I am personal with. And that's, and once again, that's a personal thing as well. But that gets really tricky in, in like arts collaborations. And I know you're in concrete, but I know there's a few artists in the mix. Because um, that's something that is unique to to people in arts disciplines is this, yes, there's the kind of profit and you know business side of things, but then there's this like identity that they've been crafting since they were born and that kind of voice that they've created and how do you, you know, reconcile that with bringing other people in and, 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 and compromising or do you compromise? All right, to add to it, this is true for, for any relationship. You have to know yourself, right? Um, knowing yourself is going to help you out with, with gaining that uh, knowledge of what partner you should choose. Um, so knowing exactly why you do what you do is going to be a huge benefit. 
Um, why is it that you do what you do? And then can you um, properly express that to somebody else to where they can gravitate towards that idea? If you can gravitate, you know, if you could express that why I go to, why I'm into this business, why I'm doing what I'm doing, and somebody else can gravitate towards that, and and you guys can find a good relationship, that's part of the. Uh, that's, I want to say that's a big chunk of finding a, a good business partner because you guys are together on the vision, which is uh, is is broad, the, uh, the vision of where this business and what this relationship should look like. Everything else, as far as you know, the what I'm good at versus what you're good at, it kind of comes after that. Because I would say that coming together on on the, on the why is probably to me is the most important thing. Do I connect with this person on why we're even doing this in the first place? You know, and I just think that uh, if you if you start there and then work backwards to okay, I'm good at this versus you're good at that, I think that is um, very a very good start on how to find a good business partner. Find a mentor. I would find somebody that's in the business that you want to be in. Have them become your mentor. Go ask them. I need a mentor. I need your help. I want to learn from you. And set up mentoring sessions and have them give you tasks to do. See how they do things. And when you're doing them, write it down. Because we forget this brain is not meant to hold in every idea that you have, but write it, write it down and think about it. And if they tell you, I don't think this person is good for you, listen. Also listen to your gut. You know, when, when you meet somebody and you have that instant, I don't like that person. I know we've all met them. Believe it because it's true. If you hang out with that person, you're going to get in trouble somehow. So trust your gut, get a mentor, know yourself. I mean, it's all part of it. Learn how to do the business the correct way. And the only financial tip I will give you tonight is do not mingle your business funds with your personal funds. That'll get you in trouble faster than anything else you do. Because... Personal money will keep you from getting business money if you're not careful. Awesome. What other questions do we have? The question I had was, um, where did you, a uh, two-part question actually, uh, where did you find your community um, for entrepreneurship? I know that you had mentioned that before. And my second part is, uh, after tonight, um, will you all be in the same network? All right, I'll go, I'll go ahead and start. Um, how I found my original uh, entrepreneurship community. Um, for one, I would say I didn't start out well in this area. I really didn't. I really came in the door trying to do everything by myself. Um, and I want to say that is a huge mistake. Huge mistake. So now is the time to, you know, I would say in your instance, your community is, is right here. These people right here. Um, you know, when you talk to people about your business or your ideas, who are the people who are gravitating towards it? Who are the people who are interested in asking you more questions? Those are the people that you need to connect with. Those are the people that uh, you need to start your community with. I would say right here is, is, is this community. Um, and number two, as far as us on the panel, I actually know a couple of people already on the, on the panel that are already a part of the community. 
and I would love to get to know the rest of them. Um, you know, that's what this is all about anyway, um, is getting to know everybody that you can that kind of shares in the same um, the same, same passion or, or interest that you do. Everybody on this panel loves to loves entrepreneurship and loves to help others with entrepreneurship, whether that's just a conversation or consulting or financial help or anything else. That's what we love to do. So this, this is what that's about. So learn from this, learn from um, the people on this panel as well as uh, learn from the, the people who may have questions for, uh, from, for us and just kind of connect with everybody. I, for one, will give everybody my business card if you want it, and you can call me, and I'll talk to you. I may not know the answer, but I know people I can help. But start with meetup. Look at the meetups that are out there, professional, business-related meetups. Go to some of them and see if you fit in that, that uh, environment. I go to some, and I go, ugh. <laughs> no, I don't want to be here. But there's others that you you go and they make you feel like you're at home. Entrepreneurs that are seasoned are willing to talk to you. They're willing to help you. An organization that I was talking about earlier is One Million Cups. With Rebecca, in January, we're going to start doing One Million Cups a month, one time a month, here on somewhere on campus or around the square somewhere. We will have people coming in to speak to you. You can ask them questions. And One Million Cups is an organization that if, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't drink coffee, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> because One Million Cups of Coffee is what entrepreneurs usually end up drinking, creating. We haven't determined the date yet, but Rebecca will let everybody know as soon as we get it set up and where it will be. And it's an amazing organization. Find the small business people around here. There are resources out here, but start with meetup. Find some meetup groups that you think you fit into and join them. Go in and tell them, I'm a, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to learn. And they will help you. Awesome. And I think we had a question in the back over here. So I think one of the most intimidating things for me in wanting to kind of pursue like what I want to do uh, as far as building sustainable houses is funding. And I know like for instance, even with Jonathan and Bedford, you guys both had to go out and you know purchase these locations where you're gonna kind of establish your business. So my question is how do you go about finding the resources in order to fund projects? There's small business development. They do a business plan competition. They teach you from the ground up. They help you write your business plan, and they can help you get funding. There's grants out there. Did you know that there's a grant library in Austin that every grant that is written is in a library and you can go and research. They'll give you money for just about anything, but you have to look for it. I don't know that this is a perfect answer for this question, but um, and I'm gonna try to tie back to, to your question. Advice that I could give to you guys, this is gonna relate this, like, to everything that I can say. So much of 
early onslaught success, if you want to call it, that, that I've seen has come through relationships, right? Real, authentic relationships with people in my community, right? So whether that be with the small business, entrepreneurial community in Fort Worth, whether that be with clients that walk through the door of my business, whether that be with uh, my neighbors, whether that be with people in organizations. Guys, people out here have money, and there's people <laughs> out here that are willing to give you money. There's people out here that are willing to invest in you and invest in your dreams. That being said, how do you go about finding those? I think, and again, I'm speaking just for myself and my, my own experience. One of, the, one of the most important things that I ask people, and I try to do this on a, if not daily, every couple of days, reach out to someone that you admire, that you uh, respect what they're doing, whether it be in business or in art or um, or creative, what it is. Ask people how you can help them. Go about relationships completely with your, uh, instead of with a, you know, a handout, how, what, what are the things that you bring to the table? How can you help somebody? It's amazing how many people, there are people I know, if I went through my phone right now, if I was not even necessarily in a jam, if I said, hey, I've got an idea, I have something I want to talk to you about, because of having invested in relationships without looking to get anything from them. And again, authentic, real, genuine relationships. And a lot of times that's difficult for a lot of people. You don't know where where to, you know, where do you start with that? But the funding is there. Resources are there. Being on a campus like this, the relationship that you meet with somebody in your dorm, guess what? Their dad might have the check that you need. And because of the relationship you guys have grown over the years, that was real and authentic, like that might be the door that opens up, right? Get to know your professors. I, I'm i sure a lot of your professors are very well connected, not just through academia, but through business world and can point you in the right direction and can introduce you to people. Look for opportunities to connect with people, uh, form relationships, but again, in an authentic, genuine way. It doesn't have to be at a formal networking event. It doesn't have to be. It can literally be the random person that you decided to go and sit next to in the cafeteria, introduce yourself, tell them about who you are, where you're from, find ways to make yourself interesting and and, uh, uh, put yourself into conversations that maybe you wouldn't have. Find people that are challenging you um, to think differently. Open uh, Open up your mind to new experiences, new ideas, going new places. Make yourself vulnerable. I think that that's, that's something that people have a really tough time with. Make yourself vulnerable to new relationships. I know it's not necessarily like the most crystal uh, clear-cut answer, but um, if I was looking for funding today to start a new business, I would start with relationships with people closest to me. So I'm going to piggyback off of what Jonathan said, but um, funding. So that's your goal is to get funding, right? So I'm going to add you into here too. So he's right. Relationships are so important, but authentic relationships, because everybody is, what's in it for me? Right? So when I'm talking about authentic relationships, when I go into a networking event, I'm going there to make a friend. I'm not going there to say, hey, this is what I do. I'm going to find out about you, your family, your likes, your dislikes, your birthday, your 
what makes you happy, uh, different things like that. I'm going to make a friend because guess what? You know 300 people that I don't. And you know those, out of those 300 people, that could be somebody that God is putting in my path for me to connect with. So really, when, you, when you're looking for funding, first of all, you're going to have to formulate a plan of how you're going to do get the funding and then what you're going to do with it. Because anybody that's going to give you money is going to be like, what are you going to do with it? So do you have a plan what you're going to do with next? You need to incorporate in your plan is to find those people who are passionate about what you're doing. Similar, it may not be the same, but having that like-minded passion, that group of people, that's your target. You have to formulate your target audience. So your target audience will be uh, philanthropists, uh, people who are wanting to be in the housing development. And then you need to have a, a sound plan about, okay, when I get the money, and you believe in this endeavor as I do, what are we going to do with the money? How are we going to prove that it's really beneficial? Because no one, I'm telling you, no one's just going to say, okay, well, hey, that sounds great. I'm going to give you some money. They're going to be like, what's in it for me? Networking is so important. So I'm going to get into this. Networking is so important because you guys, with you being on the college campus, you can formulate your own networking group. Uh, I don't really do meetup or anything like that. Me, I just... Once I go to a network group, someone else say, oh, have you been to this network group? And like Sandra was saying, it's all in a fit for you, knowing yourself and knowing what you want out of the network. Because I've gone to some networking groups, and it's like sharks. Oh, they come, here comes the business cards. Boom. You know, it's not, you don't even know if I like you. I may already have an Aflac agent. So why would I want your business card? So I, it kind of ticks me off when I go to networking events and they're boom, 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 going down the line and pass my cards. I didn't ask you for your card. So it's all about what you're fun, start networking, finding that group of people who believe in similar what you want to believe in. Make friends. Make friends with them and have them have that same passion that you have, and when you find those people that have that same passion, formulate your business plan to say, this is what we're gonna do with the money that I'm donating. So that's my advice. Also with your specific concept, uh, you have a lot of resources here on campus and like actual like grant specialists and people who will like go and help you. There's a database in not Willis Library, but the other one, where you have to physically be in the room, but you have access to probably what Sandra was talking about, or the equivalent of with that library of grants that are available to you all over the world. The second is I would say a lot of sustainable housing is a really kind of hot thing right now. So I would look into see, I don't know how much market research you've done, but I would see who is doing things that are similar, knowing that yours has to be different, uh, and see how they've gotten their funding. Sometimes, depending on what kind of grants that they've gotten, that can be public information um, that on the foundation they even post the proposal or they at least will tell you who has received those grants. And you can, so you can go that route. You could even contact people at that organization itself. Also, GuideStar is a great resource. Um, uh, GuideStar is, I mean, that's specifically for nonprofits, but you can go in and you can see their like publicly uploaded tax returns. Um, so you can kind of start to get an idea of what funding like this for this is, is like, but yeah, I, and I would, I, I would also find that's, that's such a, 
a lot of, I think you'll be able to find a network for that concept. Um, it's just going to be looking for uh, the right people because I feel like there are people throwing money at that right now. So, real quick, I just I would just like to point out, um, you're into construction, right? I should think, and you're into sustainable homes. You were saying you're looking for, you know, somebody to network with. Well, yeah. so there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have about five more minutes for questions. So I think we're going to try to do a little bit of a rapid fire round so we can get to as many as possible. Um, oh boy, there's a lot of you. I saw your hand first. Uh, my question is, great that your presence in the market. Uh, I actually started a recording studio last year about uh, six five, and uh, started with my business partners. Actually, one of my partners is one of this is about the length that we just got a commercial done. So uh, I have a question about this great making your presence known I would say start with, um, you know, if you're starting with the social media thing, that's all great, but there's nothing better than person to person. Nothing better than uh, getting out in the community and introducing yourself as uh, the person for this business. Uh, introducing yourself to, like, what, what community are you in? You said by Six Flags, Arlington? Okay, so what, what kind of events are going on in Arlington around that location that you could let people know that say, hey, I'm here. You know, uh, so I would say you know, social media is, is great, but there's nothing better than person to person at all. Create a business card that you need. Because when you talk to people, you want to have that top of mind awareness. When a create, when a issue comes up, I need a commercial. Who do I know that does commercials? Oh, I know. Look at that business card. Top of mind awareness. People need to know who you are. Right. Most important leadership skill. I'd say the most important leadership skill um, is confidence. Nothing can be done essentially if there's no belief that it can be done. So, you know, all these different panelists out here, they had an idea, they, they had a vision, but ultimately that confidence in that idea and that vision was the initial driving force to them you know, to c continue pursuing what they're passionate about. So, yeah, confidence. I will add on to that. I also think is investing in yourself, being a continuous student and being a leader by example instead of dictating what someone should do, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, but also being that walk the walk. Don't just tell people what to do. You're out there. You're in the trenches, and people follow people who are leaders when they know that, hey, I'm out here too. This is how we should do. Have your own culture and your own way of doing things, but be an example. Don't say you're going to do something over here and then you are a different person over here. So your brand, that's so important because a lot of people think your brand is your logo or whatever. Your brand is you. Do what you say you're going to do. People are watching you and they're waiting. Stuff up. Yeah. Do what you say you're gonna do. Alright, so I had a question about um, what Jonathan was saying about non caring. How do you tell the difference between um, when someone is just trying to bring your idea down um, and maybe they're just like your idea is just that unique versus someone who's um, criticizing it because maybe there actually is something? Wrong? Yeah, I, that's a phenomenal question. It's phenomenal because it's something that um, in my first few years of, of entrepreneurship, 
has been one of the challenges for me, which is the balance between being like, I don't hear you and, you know, maybe I can learn from this. I found that there's a lot more people that are, I think, learning who to listen to and when to listen to it. Not everybody is, is has your best interest in mind. And guess what? A lot of people with opinions, they're not losing any sleep if you do or don't do what they what they uh, suggest. So I think learning that balance and uh, just being candid is something that for me is still a challenge. But at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you, you and the people that um, uh, you employ, you, if you have a team, have to live with those decisions and being at a, uh, getting to a place where you can be okay with what those decisions are and your ability to make those decisions on an ongoing basis is um, a muscle that, as an entrepreneur, I think you're always uh, exercising. I was wondering how you would go about finding a mentor and someone, someone who would take you seriously. Because right now I'm 17 and I'm a high school student. I'm considered a high school student. How would I get that credibility to ask someone, could you mentor me? Show me how to be. Should you accept that one? Yes. So sometimes it's not always the physical mentor because there's plenty of authors out there, John Maxwell, Jim Rowan. So start investing in you in your own personal self-development. And for some reason, when you start working on you, other people flock toward you because they see you're walking different. They see you're, you're thinking of your mindset has changed. So start with some great authors, Jim Rowan, John Maxwell, Jack Canfield. Those reads are reading those books. My take on mentorship is a is a maybe a little bit different. Um, I think about mentorship from the standpoint of who can I learn from, right? So I'm 34 years old. If I want to learn what 17 year olds are doing, you're my mentor, right? If I want to know what you're thinking about, how you're moving. The way you're using social media, the way what you think about whenever you walk into my barbershop, you're my mentor now, right? I think that learning, um, I think that a lot in a, in a lot of ways we have these ideas of the form of mentorships being like someone who you assume to be successful or you see their success through whatever. And, and a lot of those people, yeah, sure, you can you can take and learn from those things. Um, however, I think it's really really important if I want to know about concrete, guess what? I'm talking to this guy. If I want to learn more about sustainable housing, I want to talk to her. I think that whenever, I, I don't want for you to get caught up in I'm 17. Yeah. Think about what you know, how you can add value to anyone and anyone who is looking for information, anybody that wants information, you can find it. It doesn't have to come in the form of someone who's declared themselves to be a mentor or you a mentee. I know that we're done, but... I actually work with teenagers for a living, um, and part of the reason I've been successful is because I use like vocal training essentially to build confidence in teenagers. So my point is, having worked with 17-year-olds for a long time, is who says you have to put your age on the email? Yeah, exactly. No, and, and you're clearly here at, universi at a university <laughs> forum. So you're a high-achieving student. You probably, are you in TAMS? Okay, great. So, I mean, that in itself is a huge accomplishment, and it speaks to the accountability. So do not let age keep you back from anything. That is, it's, that's, 
I mean, teenagers always struggle with that transition to, will they see me as an adult? And you're already advanced than a lot of other adults out there. Um, the second is, is nobody's going to be offended if you ask to learn from them. The worst thing they're going to do is, they're not going to say, oh, this person emailing me because uh, they want to learn from me. It's just another one. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they'll be honest with you and say, you know what, that, I really appreciate that. I just don't have the time. And that's not, and that's not a personal offense. That has nothing to do with you. They're just being honest about their time. No one is going to be, in fact, we love getting emails. Me asked out for coffee to share our grand wisdom. You know, we all have, all entrepreneurs have, all entrepreneurs, because they have to have the confidence, also usually have pretty massive egos. So you asking is, is only going to make them feel better about themselves. So do not be scared to ask to learn from someone. So I think Stephen has something to add, and then we'll get to your one last question in the back really quickly, and then we'll wrap up. Um, this is just a general statement, just to, you know, go off of what you said about your age. Use that as motivation. How many 17-year-olds do you know are that ambitious to yes. want to take that jump? Wanna, you know, don't use that as a limitation. Like, you guys are, you know, I mean, I'm 20. You know, I'm at the lower, but I'm 20. I'm you know, so <laughs> use, use your age, you know, like... And I'm 22. It's like it's, it's like starting ahead, you know, in the track race, like 200 meters ahead. Use that as an advantage. You have nothing to lose, you know. So don't let that age limit. You know, it's it's a, it's about what's in here. It's not about how old you are. Or, you know, your your age is your strength. Like your age is one of your biggest opportunities that you have right now. And you need to walk the walk yeah. and have that mindset. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. But you need to, that, I'm just 17. You have, I'm 17 years old. And this is what I'm doing. You have to, and when you have that enthusiasm and that belief in yourself, people look at you differently. So that's why I say sometimes it's starting with books and other mentors, but you got to find the right mentor because a lot of people are saying they're mentors and, <laughs> okay, so believe in yourself, have confidence in yourself, hold your head up high. I want to say one more thing, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and I think that even like when in looking for a mentor or identifying like what that may look like for you, I think it's also really important to understand like <clears throat> what like what does success mean and look like to you? Because there's a lot of people who are very successful that are jerks, like they're not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. good people, right? And if that's what you want, well, then maybe that's a track you should follow. But you don't want to be like someone or aspire <coughs> to, you know, their character. I would vet people. <laughs> as much as someone would want to vet you, um, if you're looking for a mentor, vet them as well. Because yeah. you have work. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last question in the back. Thank you. I'm uh, sure that you guys have some fair share of uh, having some business partners and having some clients with them. How did you solve your how did you, how did you resolve your fights with your business partner? Uh, did you go directly to them and say that okay, we just need to sit and talk about this because this is affecting our business and our partnership? So how did you guys solve? <laughs> um, I, I, I say. <laughs> I'd say that communication is the biggest key. Um, typically, a lot of problems resolve from lack of communication. One person having a, um, a certain mindset while the other person's having another. Um, if you communicate, then uh, usually you'll know whether the problem is 
either too big to the point where you guys have to go your separate ways, or if it's something that can be resolved, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can see it. Go ahead. Wonderful question. Spectacular question. So, with that being said, like Kevin was saying earlier, it's about relationships, and I'm going to add expectations. So, when you get into a relationship, any relationship with anybody, is you sitting and having that conversation, and maybe a hard conversation, but it has to be a conversation. And this is what I'm going to do. This is what you expect of me. This is what I could bring to the table and vice versa. And having a contract is a good thing to have in place. So when someone violates that contract, you have that contract. Um, and then the other part I want to say is about when a relationship goes bad and you're in the same room with that person, be professional. Everybody don't have to know that y'all dissolve the relationship, but you can be respectful and professional because everyone's looking at you. And everyone's going to remember that bad incident that happened wherever you guys were because of that bad relationship. They don't know about what went bad with the relationship, but like I said, knowing expectations and what you're supposed to do that other person's supposed to do with having a contract. I have had more arguments with my husband since we've been working together than we have in the entire time we've been married. <laughs> and usually it's because I want to do something one way and he wants to do it the other, and I get mad, and I'll just get up and walk out of the room. You're not listening to me. Well, I'm not listening to him either. So the big thing is, if you're married, and you're working together, learn to listen and don't go to bed angry. Have a lot of laughter about what you do because life is too short to be miserable. Enjoy what you do, and if you get angry, get up and walk out. Go get you something cold to drink and then take it back and pour it on me. No, I'm just, just remember that at the end of the day, you're still married and you still have to live with each other. And if you love each other, you're going to work it out. And he says he's right and I say I'm right and we both go our separate ways. But at the end of the day, we still go to bed together and we love each other. Let's say that. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for coming and all of your great questions. I'm sure. Uh, could we get a quick round of applause for our panelists? Once again, that was the conclusion of our entrepreneur panel. For more information about any of the entrepreneurs, or if you have feedback or ideas for the show, you can email us at moneymanagement@unt.edu. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.